Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And today you've got a little bit of a treat going on because the guy that I've got on the show is a friend of mine that I've known for years, yet we've never had a phone call until earlier this week. And within about five minutes of having a phone call, we realized, oh fuck, this needs to be an episode. So we made it happen. That's how quickly we went from, I feel like I've known you my entire life, but now we're in the right place to actually have this conversation. Uh, the one, the only, the badass of email in my books, one of my friends and one of the dudes that literally opened my eyes up on um, how to edit and write my welcome sequence properly like five or six years ago, the one and only Darren Hansen. Dude, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Adel. It's a, oh. it's a pleasure. And I, uh, I I actually think that the same thing, you know, like I've, it's there's people online or in our kind of ecosystem that you see their name constantly you're always listening to their voice and you feel like you know them and then you realize you've literally never, you've spoken. never spoken to them <laughs> not directly on the phone you've emailed each other and that's as far exactly. as it's gone yeah 100 percent. but no I'm, I'm thrilled to be here man i'm so happy to have you here now for the people that don't know what darren looks like imagine um basically it, he might smack me upside the head for this hopefully you, you actually find the humor in this but you remind me of like seth rogan like the seth rogan of email because you are fucking hilarious <laughs> like just if the fact that you just said the fact that you just said that is is even more hilarious because i was just on another podcast and one of the first things they said was <laughs> how does it feel being a Seth Rogen doppelganger. And, oh my God, you totally are as well. That's dude, the best. dude, I get this all the time. I was just <laughs> at an event and I was talking to someone and they were like, can I ask you a question? Do you ever get this? And I'm like, yep, I get it all the time. I don't know you what it is. Both, my, you're both my, Canadian. It's my laugh. It's my, you know, I'm, I, I love, my, my bar mitzvah was the highlight of my life. Um, <laughs> you know, so we're, we have similarities there. There are some similarities, clearly, you know. <laughs> I go with humor. I think you're both fucking hilarious. So it's fine. But I was going to go with, um, so just a real quick heads up. So right before we, like right as we get started on the show, I legit forgot what your website is. So could you please remind everyone why, uh, what your website is and what we're going to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got two right now. Um, so one, my main website is just my name, darrenhanser.com. Mm -hmm. And then I also have um, 15minuteemails.com, which you can get actually the perfect welcome email template that Adol's just talking about, as well as um, the first part of a book called um, The Email Authority Formula, which is um, basically how I started in this kind of business. And then I came up with a sequence that worked that was based on a lot of principles that were taught by a million other people, um, and then just distilled it into something I, that worked for me. And people seem to really like it, and it made sense. Um, oh, and yeah. Yeah, because I, I like one of the things I want everyone to know. Everything that we teach, to some degree, has has had it's been influenced by someone else, but we've got our own spin and take on it on how we adapted it, and that in its own right attracts people that like who we are. They might not like the original uh, originator of something. They might like you because you've got your own way of doing things. Like just so you guys know. Uh, the welcome sequence thing that we teach on, um, well, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but if you go to thinklikeacopywriter.com forward slash challenge, it'll either redirect you to one of the two websites that we're testing out right now, but we'll get to that in a second. The first thing I'll say, hands up, the welcome email template was 1,000% influenced by this man. It's been massively adopted and changed to a point where, you know, it's got my own reasons why everything is in there the way it is. But I ain't gonna deny the influence. This motherfucker influenced the shit out of me right away with that one. As soon as I saw it, I was like, go go do it. So if you guys want that, please go check out the domains. Uh darrenhanser.com and 15 minute email. Is it 15 minute email or emails? Emails with a with an S at the end. Yes, with an S dot com. Not a Z, just an S. That being said, um, so the first thing we actually said was like, if you were to start all over again, the best place to begin for either one of us to uh, is universally start a damn mailing list. Yeah, um, and it's it's interesting you mentioned that because everything now <clears throat> is so like well, not everything, but there's so much focus right now on being visible, being out there, doing um, you know every new platform, doing stories, Instagram Dude, stories, Snapchat, TikTok, 
TikTok is is the next thing, right? Like um, that thing's blowing up though. There's it's like it's huge, and you know my kids are on it all the time. Their friends are on it, you know, and and the way that they're, I mean, I would the way that their algorithm works is if you're like forty or fifty and on there, you're not going to see kid stuff. You're going to see relevant things to you, right? And um, but I mean, like the when I was first starting, I mean, I was working a full time job. I was in marketing, but I was in like um, in a financial service company where we would kind of work with advisors in our town about how to just improve the results. So a lot of it was, was direct marketing focused. Um, I didn't know it at the time. It was just kind of how I started. Um, but the easiest thing for me to do, I needed to make some money on the side. Like I was actually one of those guys who was, who looked like I had everything together on the surface, but like my bank account was like, you know, running away from me. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's like I had a a negative relationship with my bank account. And so I went online. I started, it was a horribly abusive relationship. And um, so I went online, I looked for ways to make money. And what I was taught was kind of the build an email list, um, email it and make money. Like that that, that was like the appeal that got me. And and I think the the, the reason that it got me was because I didn't have to be on video. I didn't have to be on um, you know, every platform loud and obnoxious, I could literally build an email list and email it in my spare time and create relationships with people um, at a, on a pretty deep level, to be honest with you, um, a really deep emotional um, connected level and make a lot of money at the same time. Um, so at that time, like when I got fired from my job because my my one of the partners at the firm I was working at actually opted into my email list and and I saw his name come through and I was like oh shit you know I'm, I'm found out so I went in to my Aweber I deleted his thing I checked to see if he got the welcome email and he had gotten it and opened it and I was like oh my life is over one week later I get fired um I Wait, guess there why was, did you get fired because I I was literally building a business like out full company time, right? Like I was just, I worked for an hour a day for the company and I was just waiting to get fired. It was one of those situations where my job was becoming more redundant, the more um, automated things got. Um, We were automating advice. We were automating ideas. We were automating um, presentations and spreadsheets. So there was a lot of the time that I was being spent um, wasn't being, I wasn't giving a lot of value for the time I was being, uh, that I was there. And I also learned that um, advice, ideas, and um, just being able to really distill complex ideas into simple, um, understandable bits and pieces. That's what I did for a living. And it didn't take me a lot of time. Um, so, you know, and I think a lot of people now with this quarantine are realizing, especially if they work from home, maybe, you know, By the seven, way, I'm going to take a photo of this while we're doing this just ahead yeah. up because he can see me and you guys don't know this, but he posed for one of the photos that came out horribly. So yeah, we're gonna do that. All right. Wait, I'm gonna move my camera, boy. <laughs> got it. All right, we got a picture. But yeah, yeah so that, that that basically happened to me, and I was um, I was learning the power of automation. I was learning the power of ideas, and I was learning the power that really you're you're paid for your ideas. Um, if you can automate something, and a machine can do it better than you, have a machine do it. And that's what I learned building email lists. It was like build an email list create a you know, killer welcome sequence, create a, a killer relationship up front. Um, and then everything on the back end is, um, it just works better, right? Because I can continue to be myself. I can tell stories about my life and how they relate to you know, business and what I'm doing and, then, and what it relates to my prospects you know, specifically and sell products and services and consulting and courses and events that fulfill desires and solve pains and you know, all the things that I wanted to do at the time. So I think like email was my ent- a great entrance into direct response marketing because you get to, you get to get, you get the data, you get the results, you get, um, you can practice on a daily basis. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, write an email 15, 30 minutes a day, just write one email a day and you become, you just practice more. Uh, so probably for the first few years, I wrote three, four emails a day um, relentlessly, you know, and that was my initial training. <laughs> it was like, just go do it and get results and see what works. Um, yeah, yeah put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> that's the best way to do it. And that's something, this is something that a lot of people don't understand. And you really understand once you've been around, or you've been around for it. Um, dude, trial by fire is the best way to fucking learn this game. 
like without a doubt. Like that's the way I got really good at what I do is um, I remember I got told I had to write the entirety. I had to write 10 Gary Halbert letters out by hand. <laughs> yep. I fucking got cobbled tunnel. On top of that, while I'm doing this, I got trained to write one sales letter a day. Yeah, so, and, and, and there's nothing, there's nothing um, that can either show you that you're built for it or you're not than doing it yourself. Oh, yeah, you know? without a doubt. Because the and thing it, is, go, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and also learning those, like taking the, the time to... You know, I like you were you were saying the Gary Halbert letter handwriting. Like I even in, in my in my course, I have a picture of like a yellow legal pad, me sitting in Starbucks writing out, you know, Gary Halbert letters or maximum money and minimum time, and you know, just writing out all those things, um, long form sales letters, BioTrust VSLs. Like literally, like that's how it just gets ingrained in you. And Especially it's so when you write by hand. Yeah, yeah, it's so annoying, annoying at the time yeah. to do it, like to write things out, but you know, I was actually looking at a notebook of mine and one of the last, last promos that I wrote right now that's running, I, I wrote some of the headlines out by hand. You know, I was, I was actually, I wrote a couple of leads out by hand because um, I just wanted a different perspective, right? I just need, I yeah. wanted to doodle and I wanted to see how things would look on a, on a piece of paper. And, you know, it, it, I don't know, it made a difference for me. It um, does. Yeah. 100%. It, it's, it's crazy though. You lucky motherfuckers listening to this right now. You must like, you guys are lucky because Darren and I went through all the hardship shit and we figured out a way to make it easy for you to learn. Like if you go back and train under someone like Jay Abraham or any of those guys, they literally still make you do out the hand lessons by hand thing, by the way. They still do that. And I, I still encourage people to do that. Still works. Um, one of the things that really works for me, as you guys can hear, Chase is up because uh, it's Thursday and it's time for me to do my show. And he's a dickhead at this time for some strange reason. All like at Monday through Friday, like this time, quiet. We'll probably be out once. The moment I've got a show, yeah, he just starts talking. Anyway, <laughs> so what I was going to say was, as far as it goes with um, the, as far as it goes with the ideas of like what we got trained into and the grueling hours we put in. Here's the, here's the insane thing though. Like you get taught right away when you're writing out those letters and writing a sales letter a day. A lot of things happen. One, you develop incredible experience in short spaces of time. Because you actually understand, I know what's working. And it doesn't even have to be a good letter because, and this is what I mean by you guys are spoiled today. I know I offer a service with most of my students when they do go through copy stuff is I'll critique it afterwards. I'll look at your work and tell if, you it's, if it's good or if you're on the right way or whatever. Yep. Back when I was doing this, my mentor made, just made me mail it in. He never gave me any feedback. And it wasn't until like we had our weekly call that you look at my stuff and go, oh, by the way, you did like a half decent job, but you need to work on your headlines and bullet points. He wouldn't even tell me what to work on. He'd be like, you need to work on this, go do it. And I'd have yeah. to go figure shit out. And there's there, and it's a good point you make because like right, right now, probably the, the, the most, and I was asked this question um, on, a, on another podcast because, you know, this last Great year question. I started going to many more events and meeting more people and just getting more kind of, personally FaceTime. Uh, just getting more FaceTime. Just it's good for me. It's good for business. And it's just, just getting out, which is impossible right now. Mm -hmm. um, but what I, that's why we do these. <laughs> yeah. Like, but the, but the end result was that most of the questions people were asking was, okay, how, how did you start and how did you get to where you are? Right. And the majority of the, the, the answers was I started because I had to, I got where I am because I, I hired the right people and I humbled myself at certain points to realize I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Right. And I think when, um, you know, it's easy to get, it's, it's, it's almost like you go, you go to the gym after like not working for a while, like yep. you go to the gym after a few days, you're like, Oh my God, my muscles are back. Like yep. I'm, I'm pumped. Right. And then you, you know, you stop because you realize like, Oh, I'm, I've got some muscles. I don't need to work out anymore. But the real, the reason, the reason you have those muscles is because you worked out. Right? Exactly. But that's the mentality that happens. It's like, okay, I look ripped. I look great. Okay. I'm, I can take a break now. Um, but the reality is at each time that I wanted to take a break, um, there something came up that I needed to elevate myself a little bit further. So I needed to hire a coach. I needed to hire, um, or go to an event or hire or join a mastermind where I could get around the right people. Um, and the first, um, real coach that I hired was actually when I was asked to write uh, a health supplement sales letter. This was back yeah. in, um, 2000 and probably a few years ago now. 
um, maybe two thousand or something. Yeah, two thousand and something. I was asked to write um, a health supplement sales letter. I'd, I'd written a few things for supplements before, a few email sequences, but I was never really like the guy, and I never yeah. really knew what I was doing. Um, and then I was asked to write a long form sales letter, and I was like, "Listen, if I'm going to do this, I need the right help." Um, so part of my deal with with the the guy who hired me was I said, "You you pay me to write the letter." but you're also going to use a portion of that and hire um, a coach. And this guy, you know, you know, you know, Dan Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. I know Dan. Yeah. So, so Dan, Dan was starting like a a copy coaching program at the time. There was like three or four people in it. Um, Most guys from his agency actually. um, And three or four uh, total. Um, And at the time we basically met once a week, I would send in my copy. He would, go line by line, tell me different ideas, how, you know, I should structure things. And then we'd get on a call and he would basically review it live and I would make the changes. And it was like this um, relentless cycle of feedback. And it was feedback, not from just someone who could give me feedback. It was feedback from someone who actually knew what was going to work and what wasn't based on real life results and and stats. Um, So having someone like that be able to help you look at look deeper into what you're doing versus just like, Oh, I have to write an email instead of saying, look, who are we writing to? Like, what's all the other promos out there? Let's dig deep. Um, here's like three or four that you should review. Here's, um, you know, look at the clothes on this one. This is exactly what you should be modeling. Um, and then when I did that, I started learning how to piece things together myself. Um, and then I started noticing like these like formulas. Right. And I think like, you know, people that are in, the copywriting space who have gone through a lot of courses are like, yeah, of course there's a formula. There's like, you know, problem, agitate, solution, blah, blah, blah. Like there's all these things. But the reality is like combining every formula together to create a cohesive argument and to create a, like a beginning to an end, like is, is a fucking disaster at the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but, but the reality is if you have someone that has walked the path before you successfully okay. not like they created a course to teach you um yep. but they've they've done it um and, and they are and they're still doing it in real time um there's nothing better than that um yeah. so like now i i'm a part of like justin goff and stefan georgia's mastermind um you know so it's a huge investment but i mean it's the same thing relentless reviews um access to like stats that are working in the market right now so like you're starting from third base versus you know bunting um and i think that 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 that's what's that's what's helped is and i and i tell everyone else to try to do that if they can um but it's it's hard for a lot of people it's just a matter of like you know it's hard to invest a lot of money for anyone um it's just a matter of like if i want to get a certain result i find people that that have that result at an extreme level and they achieve that result in a way that i it's congruent with who i am Right. And then I, <laughs> and then go through the process. For sure. And something that I want to touch on a couple of points here, because you went through a few that I really want to jump off on. So first of all, I'm going to say Stefan and Justin, friends of the show. I actually was speaking to Stefan yesterday, by the way. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Great dude. Like absolutely love talking to him. We were actually just having a discussion. Um, once this is all taken care of, I'm actually flying out to see him and his family just to hang out with him. Cause nice. I've known, I've known Laura from the start of my career. Just, oh really? I yeah, because I remember from like Warrior Forum days. That's how far <laughs> back she and I go. Um, and again, we've mentioned Warrior Forum before, but that's you know what? I really want to find like the old friends I used to have on WF and be like, yeah, let's talk. Let's get back together. Let get the band back together to have a little like discussion, see what happens, like where we're all at. Because um, there was also Judy and a few other people. But one of the craziest things, uh, not craziest, one of the things you said that really, really, really resonated with me was this whole idea of formulas because each copywriter has a specific formula of how you do things. And I've noticed each copywriter kind of falls in love with a formula and then they make their own. I think it was David Deutsch that said this to me. It was like, uh, when I, I remember I was in NLM and I did my presentation on how I write sales letters. It was like the 17 point thing. Yep. Yep. Um, fun fact that actually evolved into my actual sequence of how I write because uh, I didn't say it then because it was only like, oh, I think I made like 350 million for my clients. <laughs> since then, it's like every year, like uh, it's been four or five years since then. Um, we've done seven, over 700 million with that same formula. Once I wrote it out in front of everyone, that was when I started going, that is the formula I use. And then I started yeah. consciously writing that way instead of like trying different things. But the thing is, you've got to go through all the formulas you can before you find your own because you know what works. But 
you're using the same ingredients. That's, that's what people are not getting. You're using the same ingredients, but it's how you put those ingredients together in a sales letter that comes out. And by the way, there is no one way of doing this. There's, no. um, the way I equate it, it's very similar to script writing. So you can write a script for an action movie. You can write a script for an action romance, a romance, a rom-com, for a drama, thrill. You've got all these different types of sales scripts that you can actually run with. Hell, you can write a horror-based sales letter. Uh, and if you want to know how to do that, it's not that you have to make it completely shit or horrifying or horrible. I'd say put in a couple of twists and some jump scares. You know, freaking Agora is amazing at doing that, by the way. Agora is actually, in my opinion, they write the horror script the best. Yeah, and I think the 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 key is I think making the horror <laughs> or the the pain relevant, right? Yeah, and super um, because I think and here here's a good example. You know, I I just wrote a a, a free plus shipping um, page for a booty band offer so it's a you get three booty bands and a couple workouts to lift and tone your booty and like that's so we, we wrote that and and it's funny because i i sent it to a friend of mine and they don't have the flat butt problem okay they they don't have that's never been their issue right so they they read it and they're like who buys this right like because they don't get it they're like yeah. why like this sounds so so salesy and infomercially i said have like you realize infomercials run for a reason, right? <laughs> like because they work, even though you know you're kind of in on the game and you're being sold. And but the the key I think is you know making sure that your story is very relevant to the pains and and uh, life and worldview of your audience. So a lot of times like you you choose these stories or you choose some somewhere to start your sales letter. And it's kind of in the middle of the action. It's, you know, you know, something just exploded or someone just woke up and they can't move their foot. Um, and, but the thing is for someone who maybe has diabetes or maybe has prediabetes and is worried about their blood sugar, um, not being able to feel their foot is a real fear, mm -hmm. right? And um, not being able to feel their extremities or um, tingling is, is a huge like trigger and it triggers like a rush of fear and a rush yep. of emotions um, where uh, that story to someone that maybe has never had blood sugar issues is going to be hypey and it's ugly. The, it's it, not going to reach them. It's and the same that's as the point. Um, yeah. It's, it's just, to give point. Another, just to give you guys another example. Um, IBS. If you've, never if you've never had IBS, I wrote a letter for us. I wrote a lead for someone for an IBS product. And the crazy thing is they've never had IBS. They were just selling a supplement. Yeah. Oh man, I had to argue with this motherfucker for like a week. And they're like, it's not going to work. It is. Oh, but I don't like this. And so I was like, dude. He was like, you can't say that in a sales letter. I was like, your, your ad network said yes, so we can run this. Because the yeah. sales letter said like this. Uh, the sales letter, if I remember correctly, was something like, have you ever been out in public at a train station that's fully packed and there is no toilet nearby and your brain just goes, I need to fart? And you're too scared to, or you're too, you're yep. too worried that that's going to turn into a shit and yep. there is no escape. What you do have, you do? Dude, you have to read, um, you know, Jeremy Reeves. Yeah. So Fuck. he just, yeah. So he just launched, um, his own supplement line. Um, and on his, he, he has an IBS product. So it's, he's got like a prebiotic and a probiotic and, oh, and on his, God. and his sales letter is basically like his story of like shitting his pants and in like in public and it's like the exact same story and the, the fact that you just brought that up is is so much proof that like that is a true fear of that market that's the actual um it's the actual real life of someone in that market oh yeah someone in, outside that market would think that it's the most insane story that they've ever heard someone in that market thinks that you are the person that finally understands them right yep. and i think if you can if you can tell the stories that people are afraid to talk about with their friends, especially mm -hmm. for these like level eight, nine, 10 problems, you know, like blood sugar, heart disease, like, um, having all to these, shit your pants, having to that's shit your pants. Like that becomes like a, that's a, that's an 11 out of a 10 problem for someone that's got that issue. Um, and I'll, I'll be, you know, for like last year I had, um, and it's, it's interesting. Like last year, uh, we said we were going to talk about mental health a little bit, but this kind of yeah. this really ties we are into gonna, it. We are going to go into mental health. In a moment. Yeah, this, this ties into it really well because um, 
so last year uh, we were on a car trip to Ohio. Um, there's a there's a, a water park there, and a couple of days before we left, it's a six hour drive. We're in Toronto, so so six seven hours to um, to Ohio, and the day before, um, I start I got a blood uh, test done, and so I didn't have time to get the results from my doctor. So <clears throat> on the way, I Googled. Uh, like, how do I get my results and all this kind of stuff? I called and I got my results online um, and I got the results and it said um, pre-diabetes, right? In my blood sugar. And I was like, hold on a second. Like, that's crazy, right? And so I started reading and I started looking, but then that the second that that happened, the second I got my my own result, I went down a rabbit hole of um, what's hap- what happens? What are symptoms? Um, how do you solve it? Like, is this diabetes? Am I having a heart attack? Is my foot going to fall off? Like literally every single thing, um, every fear came right to the surface. Um, so that weekend, like, I don't think I ate the whole weekend. I didn't sleep. I started having like chills and like, I literally sent myself into a panic on the way home. My fingers started getting numb. My right foot, my driver foot started to get numb. And so once we crossed the border into Canada, I, I said, I can't drive. Like I need to pull over and cause I felt like lightheaded and I thought, I literally thought I was having like a diabetic crash or something. <laughs> right. And so, so, so I pull over and we go to, the, we actually go to the hospital and the guy said to me, he goes, he goes, listen, I think you, I think you had a panic attack. Right. Because, um, he checked my blood, he checked my heart rate and he goes, everything's fine. Everything's normal. Um, he goes, you know, though, nobody should ever be able to get the results online because this is what happens. Right. Um, you become, uh, obsessed and you go down this rabbit hole, but someone in my position who writes for health supplements, who writes for these, you know, problems, I, I'm very aware of like the real life implications and like the, the dimensionalized pain. Right. Yep. So, so I was looking and I was like, Oh, I've got, I've got, I got 10 symptoms. I got diabetes. I'm going to be like, I'm going to lose my foot. And, and the whole, oh, that pain and fear and, and that can, is what you need to tap into. Right. Because that's like, that's real. And, and that's what people are experiencing, man. Like that is, that's what, ha- what's, what's happening. And I got home and I was like, oh shit, like I got to do something. And I, I went through months and months of, um, that was probably like the beginning of, of panic attacks um, last year. Um, I went through like a huge phase of, of a big dip in de- with depression and, and anxiety. And then that triggered this like panic and at that moment, for probably three months, it didn't go down. Like once that panic was up, it didn't go down. And I tried like, I literally tried everything to, um, to solve it. Sleep um, cocktails. And I had, I literally created my own supplements. I have like, <laughs> like I have a whole list of everything I was taking every day. And, 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 and so, so when I look at what we do, and this is all going to come back to what we do, is that it's very important as, as copywriters and marketers to like, to really understand the market. And I think a lot of people go like one le- one layer deep and they don't really, they, they might say like, Oh yeah, think you have diabetes. Like you're going to have to get your finger pricked all, all your whole life. But that's, that's like a level one fear, right? That's like an inconvenience. But the, the level 10 problem is yeah. like getting in a car accident and killing your whole family because your foot fell asleep on the, on the gas pedal. That's right? that's definitely it. Or um, even waking up and throwing up repeatedly exactly. and not being able to find your insulin to basically bring your sugars there back yeah. and you live by yourself. Yeah. There's yeah, so, there's so many things there that I think, um, but that's what you get when talk, you, you know, you talk to people, you, you, you find, you do the right research and you find these forums that have like these crazy stories. Um, and, and it's funny because everyone, <clears throat> a lot of people are wondering like, well, how do I find these stories? How do I find like what, what people are actually worried about? people are willingly sharing their pains, frustrations and deepest, darkest secrets online these days. You just have to find where they are. Um, and that, I think that's the, that's the key is being willing to kind of go dark and go into that space. Um, and, uh, and, and I don't know, and just make sure that you manage your own emotions and not get stuck there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the craziest things, one, one of the funniest things about this shit that makes me laugh is, um, and this is what scares a lot of people, right? Is the idea that how you think 
especially when you're a copywriter, if you're a strategist and you're a copywriter, cause you have to be strategist as well. Your brain has to think like Sherlock Holmes, like a genius level brain. But here's the thing, that same genius level brain starts to fuck with you once it gets into your head. And it's basically the, it's the, it's the element of mental health that you and I are going to just talk about right now, because there's a, you know, I make no bones about mine. I've had my mental health issues over the years and they've still, you know, they resurface from time to time. I've got to deal with them. And that's something you and I connected over. And I want to ask you specifically at this juncture in the show, what is it, what is it, do you believe, what do you believe is the biggest threat to the mental health of people like us? Because for me, I think it's the loneliness. Like we stay, we stay independent far too long and far too alone initially. Yeah. I think it's, it's also, thinking that you can solve the problem yourself. Um, so I think yep, that's, yep. It's, it's a huge issue for, for people, especially like in, um, that have resources, that have, um, I don't know, people around them or have access to uh, information, is there, there's, two, there's two things. Number one, the loneliness, isolation can just perpetuate itself. Um, so the longer you stay quiet and not share what's going on, the the bigger that quiet gets. And the quieter you get out, out loud, the louder it gets inside. Um, so I kind of ba- try to balance that by actually sharing with people what's going on, right? I have a few good people that I can talk to. Um, you know, I get the right help. Uh, so I think there's like right now, the isolation is a huge thing. So these online, you know, uh, conferences, I meet a lot of people, you know, we chat. Um, that can only go so far, but I think it's also about just making sure that, um, there's a separation, I guess, between work and self. And I think that's a huge issue, especially when a lot of our identity is wrapped up in what we do and what we can create for people. Um, having that identity of your own, that, that helps as well. Um, but for me, it was, it was really um, it was really getting to a point where it was like do or die, you know, like mental health is fucked up. Like I've had, um, I've had stuff in my, it, since I was a kid, you know, looking back now, um, with hindsight, it's like, Oh, that's the kind of kid I was because like there was so much going on that was un, 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 unnoticed, right? There was so much going on inside that I didn't share with people. Um, and that caused like tons of anxiety, social anxiety, and, um, just strange up and down feelings like, and you don't understand it as a kid. You just think, Oh, he's moody or he's like super happy today. But the the result is I was trying to fit in every, wherever I could. Um, and you know, growing up, I went to, and I was just sending a message to my friend the other day. I went, by the time I graduated high, well, I didn't graduate high school. By the time I finished going to high school, um, quote unquote, uh, I had already gone to eight, eight schools, um, since I started going to school. So from kindergarten to the end of grade 12 or grade 11, um, I was already in eight, eight or nine schools. Um, so every year I was the new guy. I had to, I had to meet new friends. I had to, you know, kind of weave my way into places. And I think a lot of times what happens is you become, um, a person that can kind of like flow in and out of relationships without, giving a shit. Um, and I think that, that, um, that impacted me over, over my life, right? Because I was, I would go into new situations. I would feel, I would feel the the room and I would kind of like figure out a way to get in. Right. And I had to do that since I was, you know, nine years old. Uh, so, but at 40 or sorry, 39 at 39, um, that doesn't work anymore. Right. Like it doesn't serve you anymore. Like that, that served me really, really well. Um, when I was younger, it doesn't serve you in relationships as you get older. But one thing I did notice that it, that it has helped is, um, I feel, and I can sense like what, like what's going on in a room pretty quickly. Right. And when I'm talking to someone, I can pretty quickly, um, move from surface level to let's just actually have a real fucking conversation. Right. And I think that is number one, what helps copywriters because you cut through the bullshit. Like there's no pretense, there's nothing going on. Um, and number two, it helps personally because the people that I meet today, what I'm noticing is, um, 
you know, as you get past like your teens and twenties, people actually want to go deep, right? People are, are starving for deep conversations. They're starving for different um, levels of connection. And it's, it actually helps uh, the mental side as well, because it helps you understand that like there's, there's other people that are feeling the same way that you are. Um, and by being of service, by sharing, by allowing yourself to be a little bit vulnerable in, especially like in public, like no one wants to share their dark shit in public. Um, but there's a way you can share it so that it helps someone and it also helps yourself. And I think that, um, like this year, I just start, I don't know, I started sharing about what's going on with me more probably because it got to the point where it was either it was do or die, right? It was like you share honestly, or you aren't going to be around, yeah. right? To share. So I think there's um, sometimes people have to get to that point um, in order to have a breakthrough. Um, but I think all the stuff that I've gone through in my life has actually led me to a place where, you know, I can look at a market and kind of understand what the people, you know, and I think it's the empathy there that um, understanding that everyone I've talked to from such different ways of life, we all have the same fears and anxieties and stuff. And maybe it channels it differently. Maybe we're afraid of different things because of how we were brought up or the, the, the worldview we have. But everyone has like emotions are emotions. It's just finding out what triggers them is, is the key. Yeah. Right. But emotions are like wide and ranging, but every human feels emotions the same kind of way. Like fear in your chest feels the same as it does for me as it does for you. Right. So when I, when you say to someone, like I woke up in a panic and I couldn't breathe, like someone that um, has gone through that gets it. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Like I've talked to people that don't get it and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, man. <laughs> like I sleep like a baby. I don't have any problems. I have all it's kinds like, of friends. Oh, the, like, the weird oh, that's thing so great for you. <laughs> it's like uh, there's this comedian called Sam Morrill who I just I've recently only got into watching, and I fucking love him. I think he's like if if Sam, you ever end up on like listening to the show for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. Someone says this dude looks like Seth. Uh, Seth, you know, fuck. Why isn't it? I almost said Seth Godin. It's Rogan. Fucking the reason I almost said Seth Godin, by the way, you don't like Seth Godin is because this book is in front of me. It's got Seth Godin's fucking name on it. If I ever get him on the show, like um, Sam, Marl, I want to thank him for this. He just goes, oh, um, he was like, sometimes I just listen to the voices in my head. You know, they're just like that. It's like, yeah, we all like not all of us have them. But most of us have voices in our head. If we listen to them, then, you know, uh, the world would just go crazy. He goes, if I listen to all the voices in my head, I'd be a sometimes gay street fighter. <laughs> it's like, I just don't do it. <laughs> You know, I actually heard, it's funny you say that because I actually heard that there's, there's people that don't so that, have that, that don't have that. Yeah. I read that, that like, like there's some people that have it? this. Yeah. There's some people that have this ongoing monologue in their head or a dialogue of different voices and things like that. And it's their own voice. And you're talking about thoughts and there's other people that don't, it's just blank. They, it's just, they think in pictures or they're like, if you tell them, okay, I'm going to go walk into a room instead of hearing walk into a room, they'll see a door. Right. And they'll see a door opening. So it's, it's, I, I just learned this like Dude, three weeks ago th and I was, I was thing. shocked. So you can actually have both those. Cause I am monologue and I'm, uh, everything that I speak, I see it's really, like in, really... in pictures or mm -hmm. in like, so yeah. I, I think in words and in pictures, so I can hear my own voice yeah. and I can see the photo, see the images. Um, but there's also a third type of people that don't have either one of those. It's just blank up there. Yeah. I think I've met a few of those. Oh man, it is crazy. Cause I'm like, how like how do you survive like how do you go to sleep like yeah they just, they just it's just sleep. like it's like uh so i've got a couple of my friends that have anxiety it's just like i do but their anxiety is a little bit more unfounded it's like anxiety that you can overcome through therapy and they're like i don't want to go to therapy i'm like you're just so married to how you are okay you yeah you. but one of my yeah, friends there's a lot of yes yeah, there's a lot of ones that's like <clears throat> situational anxiety yeah or like something's happened and they're nervous right yeah, yeah. Mine's I, I, like, had, I woke up and i'm nervous <laughs> i i just pretty much had anxiety pretty much from the get-go it's really, really funny because um one of the things that causes me a lot of anxiety has just recently been resolved and because of that it's starting to feel really weird i'm waking up in the morning going where's my anxiety like yeah. i've literally started asking like why am i not anxious how am i calm right now it's like check yeah, my pulse make sure i'm looking. not dead yeah you start looking for ways to mess things up and become anxious right yeah and then like the I, thing is to catch myself not doing that yeah because because that in itself can become 
a certain feeling for someone, right? They're like, oh, like I'm not used to feeling normal or I'm not used to feeling calm. So what can I do right now to kind of up my level of, of normalcy, which is basically anxiety, right? Uh, for me, it's just there. Um, and like it comes in waves, but like the, the main thing that I noticed this year, which really sent me for a loop was um, back in the winter, I just, I started really getting down, right? So usually like I'm, I'm nervous, like usually like my energy is like, I, I'm anxious, but this time it went the other direction, right? Where I was like super unmotivated and I was down and I was, and I couldn't get, you know, it was hard to get up and I was exhausted all day. And my body was aching and that reverse side of things like the depression side um, really took a, a toll on me, right? Because, you know, I, I stopped believing that I could even do my job as a copywriter, yeah. you know, and, and, and the belief in like who I was and what am I a fraud and that can I actually do this again, you know? And I think that that happens a lot with people. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you have an underlying like anxiety mental, around mental, it, mental health issue, like an actual yeah. chemical thing, it's just like, boom, it's, it's crazy. I remember sitting in, um, I even took my parents for coffee one day and literally we were sitting in, in having a coffee and I was looking at them and this is 39 years old, right? Family, kids, you know, cars, house, like good career, things are going well. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like I literally broke down and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I can like, what's happening in my life. Like it, it was almost like everything just stopped. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And that moment, like it was pretty scary for me and my parents. Um, and I, then I, the other the next day I'm sitting at my kitchen table and I can't work. Right. I got like 20 minutes in me and then I break down in tears and I'm like, I don't know what is happening in my life, but I cannot stop this like from going on. And, um, so I started talking to people and I got a, a good therapist and I got, um, I talked to my doctor and we really went through like a whole thing and I, I got on a decent medication and literally like within two days I was back. Damn, right. Yeah, With, within cool. like literally I, I hadn't slept in like four or five months. I'd wake Damn. up three, four times a night with like, like choking. Right. Like I was lit. I literally launched myself out of my bed and like be like, <gasps> like I could not breathe. And you know, so he said like, I think, and I tried everything. I, I, I took like five HTP and tryptophan and like, uh, all, like all the natural stuff, um, to raise my serotonin levels and kind of balance the, the, the brain naturally a little bit of it worked, but it wasn't until I actually got on the right kind of medication that it just clicked. And like two days later, I'm at a live event. Thank God I took this medication because I would have been a nightmare. Right. But I was like, on and I was good and I was back to being myself and I was like how like that is insane how fast that works but you know and you know I've always I was saying this on this other podcast I've always been someone that's been like just be natural um you know everything you can solve naturally like especially I write for natural health so I'm like I literally hate big pharma every day as like a writer right and that's like that's just the the voice that comes out right and yeah. but having to separate myself from that and be like look this is a an issue that like millions of people are having, right? And um, if you can get the right help, um, get your mind right, you can probably help a lot more people than being like stuck in it. Um, and, tr you know, so, so I did that and I, I've gotten the right help. And since then, it's just been something that I'm okay talking about with people, right? I'm not, I'm, it, it doesn't embarrass me. It's actually empowers me, to be honest with you. And um, instead of it being like something that weakens me, it's a superpower. Right. And now I can look at that and say, like, you know what, the, the, the ability to go deep quick is is how you can get results fast. That's that's how you can work with your clients because you can go deep fast. Right. Because you feel like heavy emotions and because you can kind of identify what's happening in other people a lot of the time before they can. Um, that that's a power right, that you can use for for your work, for your life, to help people um, and you know, it's just a matter of leaning into it, leaning into like what me as a person and leaning into how that can like propel family, business, um, writing, whatever. Right. Um, so I think that that's a key for me is making sure that all the negative things that I think are going on, I can now, because like my brain is not thinking that like I should not be on this earth. Um, 
it's like now all that stuff is becoming a way to help people versus like hurt myself. Yeah. Does that, that makes yeah, sense. You're basically turning it back on itself. Yeah. You use, but, you're using like, you're using your, like what should be a disability as a superpower. Right. And I think that mentality for me, look, it wouldn't have happened if I didn't like literally get my brain chemicals straight. I think there's like a place for medication and everything. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I do it because it's, it's working. Um, but I think like, yeah, it's just important to make sure that like the whole body is working because it's so crazy how fast it can like turn on you. Right. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Preaching to the choir right now. Yeah. It's just insane because like the way I look at it, it's a case of, um, mental health is so not overlooked. Like we're, we're lucky today in today's world, mental health is actually looked at a little bit more closely than we were growing yeah because like when and, and we it, it, up, yeah it's not like a yeah like well, look when we were growing up like i i was kind of like i've had i've had mental health issues in my family um like i've seen it you know my uncle my um even like I, I've, just, I've just seen it in my family so i've been aware of that community like the mental health community for a long time um it's just a matter of when you become a patient um it becomes more real and it you you I think a lot more, I don't know, it just opens up your eyes to like, what's, what's really going on in this world. Like people that do weird stuff um, or like maybe they're acting a little bit out of sorts or they're not being themselves. Maybe there's something else going on. Right. Um, like a lot of, a lot of the cases, like there's a lot, there's, there's, there's a lot going on under the surface with everyone that I think as a society, we just need to give everyone will uh, fucking break once in a while. <laughs> I, I agree. There's also that whole thing. So um, I was reading my emails back from like January, from November through till March when I had my big suffering thing happen. Yeah. I was reading my emails going, what, where was my head at? Yeah. Like, dude, I, I was legitimately on the, like I could read that email and I'd read it and you could actually feel that I'm in no mental state to do stuff. Like I was in and out of hospital. I was going like all this crazy shit was happening. I was like, what the fuck is going on with my head and my body? Like what's happening to me? Yeah. And that's I started, the craziest thing. Yeah. Like for me, the first thing that I noticed was um, my digestion became like super erratic, right? Like it was, it was off. And I, th I actually thought I had like a digestive issue um, because I was like, what is happening? Like why, like I can't digest things. I am having like indigestion and like, I'm, it, it was, it was weird. Um, and then I realized like that was actually like one of the main symptoms of depression <laughs> was digestive issues. Right. Like, and, and, and I was, I was taking um, like uh you know, fiber and psyllium and, you know, trying to like make, make myself like be able to go to the bathroom better. But the real, the reality is like everything in your body is connected um, to like emo emotional, um, the emotional body, like the, the hormones are all released in different ways when well, you're, when, when you're feeling certain things and like the, 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 the next level results is like body pain you know, digestive yeah, issues. It, it plays out. So one thing that I was going to say, I'm going to make a book recommendation, but then I'll sure. tell you something. So a really good book recommendation is the body keeps count or the body keeps score. One of the, I can't remember what the actual. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that one. Yeah. Okay. Great book. Um, actually I'm going to give you a second book recommend, a recommendation. It's called the secret language of the body by Ina Seagal, S E G A L. Yep. Um, book is absolutely amazing it's a little esoteric it's a little woo it's a little out there because it's it's all about emotionally freeing parts of your body like yep. like emotional release and all that stuff kind of but not really it's not tapping so i'll give you an example so about years ago years and years and years ago i was dating someone and it was that day it was the day of our first date together and i hurt my wrist in the gym i actually like messed up my left wrist and you, I, you know, i've jarred my wrist a bunch of times doing jujitsu and boxing i've done that so I was like, it's no big. You'll be fine in like a couple of weeks or in a week at tops. So I rest it, I wrap it up and you know, it's fine. And we dated for a short while, but that relationship was tumultuous from the get go. It was a very tumultuous relationship. I hope they're in a better place for who they are and what they do, but it was a very, it was not a good relationship for me. 
And um, I remember the day I was talking to my friend about this. I was like, man, why does my left wrist hurt so much? And she was like, okay, uh, tell me about your problem. I told her. And she literally read this book and the book just was like, you feel trapped in a situation where you want to leave, <laughs> but you can't. <laughs> literally three days later, me and this girl broke up. My left wrist stopped hurting. Like literally immediately just stopped hurting. So that was crazy. The other thing, the third thing I want to tell you guys, um, 95% of your serotonin lives in your gut. Yes. So if you're feeling depressed as fuck, I know like, like people joke about, I had some mango pips and now I'm fine. Fair enough. But I'm saying, look at what actually makes you feel right. Um, yeah. What I found is, so people that go on restriction diets initially, they get an initial bump of actually feeling amazing. So mm -hmm. whether that's going vegan, whether that's going vegetarian, whether that's going keto or carnivore. For me, I chose to go carnivore. Um, I got carnivore and my body just felt amazing. My friend, they went vegan and they felt amazing. But it's not a long-term thing. The way I look at it is you want to kind of like intermittently spice yeah. this out. So I, like did, I, I did that as well. Uh, five years ago, um, I was, yeah, five years ago, I lost, I lost 50 pounds. And um, yeah, I was like 235, yeah, I was like 235 pounds. And I got down to, to 183. And I did that. Um, initially I went, basically I, I cut out meat and dairy. Um, and then I went raw vegan for like six or seven months and, um, was super strict on like my caloric intake and, and exercise and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the main thing that really helped was, was the, the change in, in diet and the change in food and that short period, like now I'm back and I, you know, I eat meat and stuff like that. But, um, the overall, like I never felt better physically, um, than I did at that time because, uh, I was, I was doing everything that I, that I could, um, to support that. Right. <clears throat> you know, so now I'm back working out and I'm back, you know, eating a little bit better. I find like the second you work out, you start eating better because like, you don't want to like offset what you just did. It's like this guilt thing. Yeah, um, yeah. but, uh, you know, overall, I think it's also, it's also identifying like, what the, what, why you became that way. Right. Or why, like for me, why I became that way and how I actually, um, got to that point. And a lot of it was, I stopped caring about, like, I, I stopped looking at myself as, as someone of value. And I just kind of, the only value that I, I really saw in myself was making money. Right. And I think a lot of people have that, right. Like that's the only thing that they, they look, I can make a lot of money and everything else can go to shit. Um, but as long as I make money, I'm good. Uh, but with me, it was like, okay, you can make a lot of money, but if everything else goes to shit, like what's the point, right? And um, <laughs> you know, like what's the point? So I really refocused that. Um, and like now, just even being on quarantine now, um, I'm back working out, you know, and like we've got a Peloton bike and I got, um, like I'm doing this metabolic challenge through the guys at uh, Metabolic Living. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just doing it right. And I feel better than ever, even being stuck at home. Right. So I think it, it's all a matter of like, what are you willing to do for like the person that you want to be? Um, what are you willing to do for them? Like that person, instead yeah. of like giving everything to our clients, giving everything to our work, giving everything to people that we don't even know, um, rather than like the number one, which is yeah. like yourself. Right. Then, you always, yeah. like, it, it, it goes back to this whole thing that real quick, Randy Gage said this to me years ago. It's like 12 years ago. He said on a program, it's just stuck with me forever. That was when you were four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, look, I look like a six year old. So it's fine. He can make fun of me. You got 10 years on me. You're allowed to make fun of me, but goddamn. <laughs> just a quick side story on this one. My 30th birthday was on September 30th last year. Um, and freaking Rory Stan, like brother Rory, like he and I, he and I have had some epic online, like very public fights that are playful. Like we don't, we don't, we love each other very much. He's like my brother. I fucking love him to pieces. Um, we'll take a bullet for that motherfucker. That's basically how much he's, you don't care about him. But he was like, wait, you're going to be 30. I was like, yeah, he goes, motherfucker. I thought you were my age. I was like, wait, how old do you think I am? He was like, he told me his age. I was like, it's older than me. But he was like, I was like, no, he goes, now I hate you even more. I was like, why? He goes, because yeah. you can't be 30 and be like this good at what you do. You know, it's really, it's funny that you say that because like in, in like, especially the copywriting space, 
like not a lot of people start that's not no. the first thing a lot of people do it's like right? usually in of, your 30s when you start yeah. out like i started you out come, yeah you come from different areas you come from different careers and you kind of find it you fall into it right but it's funny because you know when i was in the financial space and doing um work in in like actual like my job <laughs> that i went to college for right when i by the time i was like 27 or 28 um at the company that i was at i had pretty much peaked right <laughs> like, i was like like what what where is the future like where am i going from here right but like if you see someone come in early to the copywriting space and they are doing super well after a couple of years it's almost like oh as a young guy got started like not a lot of people get started right away Right. So you see someone in their, in their twenties doing like crazy numbers yeah. and a lot of, in a lot of other industries that's expected, right. You know, because you start in your career and you kind of build and you become, you know, whichever direction you go. But in our space, it's like, how did you get here? Like, yeah, it's much. like, how did you find like the, the hole in the wall? <laughs> oh my God. Like, what were you doing? Were you just feeling around or were you looking for this? That's basically what it is. It's how you're there. But what I was going to say real quick, so like wrapping up the other thing, come back to this because this is quite important. The advice I got from Randy was um, you got to be selfish. You have to be selfish because that is the only way. Like there is nothing evil about being selfish in the word that you are looking after you first. Because how can yeah. you give the best you if you aren't even the best you? You can't. You're basically doing them a disservice and you're doing yourself a disservice simultaneously while trying to be good. And the other thing that you were saying about copywriting and finding it, um, again, I was, I've always, even though I'm an extroverted person, I'm a very quiet person around how I do things. I don't like to make a lot of noise about things. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I'm noticing right now, and this is the, the big thing I've got from the quarantine, and I'm sure you've seen it as well, my content game has gone up through the roof. Like, I have started posting more, I'm doing my own web series, just everything's coming out. And what really forced it was, this is the first time in a, like, ever, and, like, the entirety of our industry is like a deer in the fucking headlights. And I love it. Because I'm like, you guys are all in deers and headlights, I'm going to run. I'm going to run, I'm going to get past you bitches, I'm going to try and see how fast I can get. It's basically a Dave Chappelle skit. It's like I'm running as, as quickly as possible. And I told you what some of my plans were. But here's the here's the big takeaway for me. People that fall into our industry, that you do get a little shit. You do give a little shit. But if you're respectful and you actually put time in and master your craft and stuff, dude. What, yeah, it's, it's how a great are you not how are you not going to be loved if you take yeah. the time? You will find like you will never feel you will never find, and this is the truth, you will never find a more savage group of humans that are willing to tell you a new one and will think of the most creative ways to fuck you over if you ever fuck them over. But the caveat is we are the most loving group of motherfuckers you will ever find because once you're accepted by us, you're literally in forever. Like as long as you're a good person, like everyone has your back. You could like the amount of times I was talking to Jay White. Do you remember yep. Jay White is like an industry legend that so few people know about. And it's a, it's just crying shame for me because I'm a huge fan of his, but Jay, I even said to him, I was like, it is incredible to me that copywriters, if you're in with the right copywriters, you never pay for a damn thing. Like right. literally people send you stuff. They're like, yeah, could you have a look at it? Like you critique each other's copy. You go down through each other's stuff. I'm pretty certain that at one point, once I have your phone number, because you still haven't sent it to me, God damn it. <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> it's because of the dick pic, isn't it? It's all yes. I, I knew oh. I should have sent you a picture of little Richard. It's just not fine. <laughs> that is not the name of my penis, but I'm just saying little Re Richard, the character for the people that are like a little bit weird like I am. Because <laughs> now we've got dick jokes in here as well. Oh anyway. You essentially end up like doing critiques for people. You can end up tech, like I've had phone calls. Uh, so my buddy, Adam Lyons, messaged me right after you and I got on the phone. Like, remember I told you uh, Adam's just messaged me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got on the phone. It was simply because he was like, hey man, I've got this idea for a hook, but I need your input on this. Do you mind if we just do this for like two seconds? I'm like, yes, I just gave him the idea. He was like, cool man, have a great day. And just went on. I just yeah, had this super idea. super supportive, about... right? Yeah. yeah that's, that's not funny because like, you know, I think it's, once you, once you get past the just working, it's just putting in hours for dollars yeah. and you get to the, to the point where it's like, okay, this is actually like a relationship game. Yep. This is a relationship business. Every business is. Um, but 
I think it's um, it's easy to it's easy to fall. It's even easy to fall back on on just like oh, I got a result, so people are gonna know, right? Yeah. But the, re- the reality is like no one's really gonna know unless you kind of just tell them, right? Yeah. Um, you know, some people like yeah, your vo- your name gets thrown around here and there. Um, I get referrals from a few people pretty regularly, and like it's just your name's on the top of their list, right? When when kind of yeah. a conversation comes up but i think the point of the, that you brought up is like just being a good person not being an asshole when you're doing your work helping other people build um you know being supportive of of people in the same space um and and just being like a decent person to be around right yeah I, you know like I, like a you know you have like a no asshole policy um or whatever you want to create but like it just means just just be a decent person like if if no one wants to talk to you and no one wants to um, like have you around anywhere, it's not a good look, right? Um, And it's hard to build past like, um, especially as a copywriter, it's hard to build past like just, okay, can you do this quick job? Can you do this small page? Can you do this email sequence? It's really hard to elevate past that to like strategic partnerships or, um, you know, even coming up with your own offers uh, that are going to be supported by people. Um, Because, you know, a lot of the offers in our space, they they live and die by other people supporting them as well, yep. right? So, so yeah, you have to have a great copy offers that convert, um, but don't be a dick either. Uh, <laughs> Even if you're a contrarian, there's a way to be a contrarian without fucking everyone over. Don't basically what I say is don't be a, Col- a Colby Covington. Yeah, and but I'll tell I'm going to tell you something. Like, look, the even like the 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 people that are that have like these personas online, right? That are like, a lot of it's just, they're just having fun, right? And a lot of them you meet it in person. It's like, they're the nicest people you've ever met. And Colin like- Cario is like a perfect example of this. Yeah, or like Trevor um, Toecracker. Oh uh, my God. Like, it's funny you know, like how, he is we like met him. Yeah, like I met him and we hung out like quite a bit at um, Copy dude, Chief. And he's dude, such he a nice guy. Up. Dude, he stayed at my house so many times. Like before he got his allergy to cats went through the roof. He used to sleep at my house. He used to stay in my bed. Like I'd, I'd sleep in the living room because I have guest rules in a one bedroom place. They get my bed, I'll take the sofa. No worries because my cats will meow all night otherwise. Toe Cracker and I, like he's one of my best buds. I fucking love him to pieces. Like every yeah. time he's in London, I'll message him like, hey man, you're in London, let's hang out. Yeah, but online it's like, you, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Right? He gives the finger to every single picture. Like he's got like his own persona, but it's yeah. like, it's hilarious. Like the, but the guy's he's such a fucking sweetheart. He's such, well. a sweet, he's such a nice guy, right? But and I apologize for breaking your bubble. No, um, no, no, but, no. He's a nice guy, but again, push him the wrong way. And you, you know, it's that like, it's basically like the way I put it is that he is an uncaged tiger online. But in part, <laughs> when he meets you, he's like, I'm a well-behaved tiger. I yeah. don't need you to like stand by my theories and like, I don't need you to stand by my posts. And then afterwards, like, again, he can pull that out of him if he needs to, but most of the time he's just a really nice guy. He's just a yeah, great I, dude. Yeah. And I think, I think most people are at their core. Yeah. Right. It's just a matter of like, a lot of people are assholes for certain reasons. Like no one's born an asshole. I don't think. Right. Like you, yeah. you become like your personality is built. Right. So a lot of times people are um, doing things or being certain ways it's for a reason. Um, so a lot of times, you know, we have to find, I don't know, I think copywriting and digging deep and going into research has allowed me to be a little bit more patient with other, with certain people as well, because it, it's shown me that like whatever is being shown on the surface, a lot of times there's, there's 10 other stories going on um, that are dictating what's happening right now. So I think, um, I don't know. I just think for everyone, especially at this time, um, just giving people a, a little bit of a break, but not too much, um, is good. But it's but it's also knowing that like we're all we're all human. We're all in this together. We're all doing our best at every single point, regardless of of if you're locked in your house or you're allowed to roam free. I think you know <laughs> everyone's just kind of in it together, um, regardless. Um, and I think if we, if you can have that view, it, it, it opens a lot more doors and it opens a lot more like ability to have relationships with people and, and communicate, have good partnerships, have make, build good businesses because you see each other as like 
you know, humans that are building something really cool versus like, you know, a number sign, right. Or a dollar sign. That's like going to give me something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just went off on a little rant, but I think, wow. um, that's just the way that I, th- it's the way that I think now, especially cause I've gone through my own stuff. Like I, now that I, when I see people acting certain ways, like it's really hard for me to be an like, asshole, to them, an asshole like, to them because I'm like, what's like, really what's going on? Yeah. Right? What's the pain that you're, what's the pain that hurt you that was causing you to hurt others? Yeah. And it's like, you know, like hurt, it's like that saying, right? Like hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I, I just find, uh, you know, I was one of those, I was a kid that um, I'd lash out once in a while. Right. And, you know, I, I remember I had, you know, there was a lot of situations that I was like, Oh, like what just happened. Right. And, you know, no, looking back, I realized like I acted in certain ways because I was feeling certain ways. Right. And, you know, that's the only thing that I knew how to do at that specific point in time. Um, and I did the best with what I had. So now it's like, okay, are you going to repeat that? Or are you going to, you know, learn from it? And, you know, it, I think just, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, totally I choose to learn from it. Yeah. Yeah, it, you're completely right. It's what you choose to actually take advantage of in the moment of your actual weaknesses. Like, do you take advantage of the fact that you get to learn a new lesson of being empathetic or are you going to take this advantage to be a bigger asshole? That's up to you. Yeah, and I, I take a lot of opportunities to be an asshole, so I'm not going to... So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what my theory is anyway. I call myself, like, anytime someone says, hey, I've had great things about you, or like, hey, so-and-so was telling me about you, my response is always, I hope it's something terrible. They're like, why? It's because I am actually a great asshole. I'm just very nice about it. <laughs> or as I like to call it, a waxed asshole. But there's a whole joke around this that I do in my stand-up set, but it's just brilliant and weird. Anyway, guys, weirdness aside, this episode has been fucking awesome. Uh, dude, it's been having it's been a pleasure having you here because um, we just gel. We just have a lot of fun. I want to do this again. Yeah, no, I like talking to you, and I think um, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, not enough to get. Give me a fucking text message. It's like no, no. I, I will, you, eventually you'll get a text. I'm just trying to figure out how to use that part of my phone. <laughs> <laughs> the old yeah, times, man. The old timers. This is what you got to do. I mean, you got to put Matt's pasture. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh no thanks for having me i think um this is this was really good for me as well as i hope it helps a lot of people especially on Same. the copy side and and Make any other side dude it's been sure. fucking awesome thank you for being so open in what you do and how you are so guys please go check out darrenhanser.com but that's darren with two r's also go check out 15 minute emails i'm assuming that's a one five minute m-i-n-u-i-t-e or is it a 15 minute emails? No, 15 minute emails.com with 15 as the number and an yep. S on the end. Perfect. Guys, go check it out. That welcome email is legit. And if you do want to go ahead and improve your uh, rest of your welcome sequence as well, please go ahead and check out thinklikecopyrights.com forward slash challenge. Uh, mainly because I still haven't fucking picked out what the other domain's going to be. I'm still testing that. Um, and for the people like, what, what's the test going to be? The test is between your first email, or your first welcome sequence versus um, what's it called? Welcome sequence 101.com on both. I own both. I'm just going to test to see which one works the best. Who knows what I'll do with the other. Anyway, as always, Darren, it's been a pleasure having you here. Guys, please rate, review, subscribe, and share the show with the people that you love because it helps people like us bring in more amazing guests and share more of our stuff and help more people impactually throughout the world. That's a made up word. Impactually is not an actual word. I've made that shit up. Oh no, I got him to laugh and he's muted shit. <laughs> I was, I was hoping for so long to hear the Seth, uh, Seth Rogen laugh. There it is. Yes. Got it. She, sorry. That whole bit was totally worth it. But guys, please go have an amazing day and an amazing weekend and we'll catch up real soon. See you guys later.